welcome back to uh, to our podcast world here. It's another cold one in Chicago, but we have a bright face from sunny California staring back at us. So, we're <laughs> although we're getting a little bit of a rain today, but oh no, um, yeah, just a little. Well, at least that, hopefully that's the worst of your weather worries right now. Oh yeah, I've been through that. Uh, before we get into the how the world is uh, burning alive right now. <laughs> We are ramping up for our retrospective of the filmmaker Robert Zemeckis. It's called Cracker Jack Compass. Passes are on sale now. And as we're ramping up, the world's a crazy place these days. It's very hard to get people <laughs> in, in and around. People are busy. It's just very good. So, Oscar season. And it's Oscar season. Yeah, a bad time to maybe put on a retrospective, but <laughs> noted for next year. So... Thankfully, we have Zoom, so we can now... Yes, thank God. Thank God. So now we can talk with some of uh, Mr. Zemeckis' closest collaborators about certain films, and we might have one of his closest collaborators here with us today. And uh, we are joined by filmmaker, author, actress... Am I forgetting anything? Probably, yes. (laughs) I know, I had to think, too. I'm like... (laughs) That's a three-star, you know, right <laughs> So we are with Leslie Zemeckis joining us on Oscar Bait today. So thank you so much, Mrs. Zemeckis, for joining us. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> the, this is a treat for us. Yeah, no, we're so, we're so excited to have you. And we, uh, we thought maybe, um, you know, whatever you're interested in talking in, but we, we love to talk with people just about people who clearly have a passion and love for the arts at large and especially movies, of course. Of course. You know, where, where, it's, where it kind of started for you, what made you want to get into the world uh, of movies? Like where was it? <laughs> you mean from, the, from a directing standpoint? Um, I think just having a, a finding a, a subject that I was really passionate about that nobody had really explored. So I just thought, why can't I do it? Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, to to me, uh, especially documentaries are like books. They're like chapters. They're like stories. So I know how to put that together. So I just went out and made my first film, and it turned out okay. So I thought, okay, I'll keep doing this. <laughs> yeah, and you have you. I love the um, the things you choose to focus on are always very exciting. I think they're interesting. I mean, you know, when I. Uh, when I did my first film, which was behind the Burlicue, the um, history of burlesque, I tried to pre-sell it uh, before I shot it. And people were like, oh, well, that's interesting. Hmm. And then it goes, you know, Showtime bought it. They renewed it, which they never do. Um, and it's just done great. And it led to my books, a book by the same thing. So I like these quirky subjects that um, maybe people haven't explored or they dismiss. I think as a society, we dismiss things by titles. Oh, that person's a stripper. Oh, that person's in the circus. Oh, that person's a freak. Um, and I want to always go behind and what really is that? Like my second film is about Daisy and Violet Hilton, who were huge stars in vaudeville and they were in freaks and they're Siamese twins. Uh, and they had a just a fascinating life, and I wanted to show that they were people and not the label that um, they're kind of remembered as, as this kind of joke. My partner and I actually rewatched uh, the burlesque Burly Cute the other night, mm-hmm. and 
it is funny, like how that documentary comes out and you're talking about things that are, you know, maybe like certain people aren't exposed to. But mm-hmm. nowadays, nowadays, that's uh, I think burlesque shows are probably at as big of a height as they might have ever been, at least. Yeah, they're they're fun. And people didn't know. I mean, what they are today is different. What they were back then. You know, it's it's a different culture. There was no uh, TV, you know, you're competing with movies or wasn't radio. There wasn't Playboy. So the only way to go see, and it wasn't naked girls, you know, scantily dressed was to go to a burlesque show, but also it was big entertainment. You know, you, there was comedians and it really was all about the comedy and the girls were just, um, something that was thrown in there. And then as time goes on and you're, you start to compete with movies and television and radio, you're, th- you know, the comedians kind of get thrown away and it's like women, 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 and push the nudity as, as, as much as possible. But, you know, regardless the people who worked in it for the most part considered it an art and they were proud of what they did, despite maybe what other people thought about them or looked down on them as, oh, you're an other, you can't do anything else, this is all you can do. They loved their position in that world, but it was a huge industry. I mean, you could work every night all year round and make a living and you can make it as an act, you know, somebody who stands on somebody else's hand and does these weird quirky acts, um, which you can't, there is not that industry today for it to support it. So that's what was interesting. And people were flocking to it. And especially you talk about the depression and you, you couldn't spend money, but if you had a dime, you could sit there all day and laugh and maybe, you know, feel better about the, the situation in the world. It is interesting how like, it's not really supported on a, on a ground level I guess maybe the the golden ray of sunshine there is now it's become it's kind of gone back to the hands of the people I think a little bit like it's become kind of a more DIY independent thing at least we, I mean we you could throw yeah. a brick out your window here and hit a burlesque show happening in yeah well Chicago you know you guys got it it's great you know you still have the people going out and and they want they want to see something fun, maybe risque, but usually, usually it's humor based. A lot of it, or at least it was, you know, I mean, some of the best burlesque that I enjoy now are the boylesque because they are funny. They are absolutely fantastic. The thing that motivated me the most was people didn't know about the women um, mm-hmm. in the acts. And I thought, well, God, back in, you know, the heyday, the twenties and the thirties and the forties, how hard must that have been? Um, you know, did they tell their families, you know, what happened when burlesque died? So that was, and there was nothing on that. Nobody had ever asked them, you know, they asked the men, the comedians, but they, the most you could get in a book was so-and-so's act like Lily sincere, who I wrote a book about her. Um, you knew that she didn't act in a bubble bath, but like, who was she? And then you find out she was super, as a lot of these people are, at, at least in, in my films, they were very influential in pop culture. I mean, Marilyn Monroe used to follow Lily Sincere around. And if you know both of them, they have a few little gestures that are similar. And, um, you know, they were really, you know, they were influential in fashion and makeup and and the lives they led that we, you know, forget about. I mean, like, um, 
uh, Daisy and Violet Hilton, Bob Hope was their little act in it. You know, they were the big stars and he was just this little guy coming up, you know, dancing with Siamese twins. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting image for Bob. You know, and all that kind of that humor and the risque, you know, played up or played down, it all goes into film and it all goes into radio and it all goes into everything. I mean, you wouldn't have Carol Burnett. You wouldn't have Saturday Night Live if you didn't have that kind of humor. You know, I talked to, you know, they were, these women were 70s, 80s, 90s. And some of them said, nobody ever asked us. So once they kind of got to know me and I had talked to maybe somebody else, then I was okay. And then they opened up, they'd open up their scrapbooks and their homes to me. And one woman who she was the first uh, female talent agent in New York, she said her family never knew until I interviewed her. And then she told them and her sons were 48 and 46. (laughs) Wow. You know, one, it was, you know, not just the stigma, but it was also just so disregarded you know, w- once they got out of it, they th- those costumes went. They just threw them away. Now, like if you can find those, which I have a huge collection of burlesque, you know, they're they're really valuable and they're beautiful. But it it just the art had no meaning at a certain point. Yeah. You know, so they were. I mean, there there's maybe one. I don't even know if that's true. One person left of really the golden age of of um burlesque who who was really a name and knows what that lifestyle was like so you were probably always just a fan of the, of burlesque and the history of it this is obviously what no i didn't know anything about it interesting I, so no, what i was i was yeah i was doing a one woman show and my character was sort of based on, I thought, Mae May West and Gypsy Rose Lee. And I'm just like, oh, you know, like a burlesque. And I was like, well, what is burlesque? I have no idea what it is, even though I'm playing this character. So then I just started researching. And then when I couldn't find out anything about the women, I was like, you know, I, I want to know who, who they are and what happened to them. So then I just kind of got obsessed about it that way. But I didn't know anything about it. I mean, I knew the comedians, uh, but I didn't really know the history of it. Oh, interesting. Okay. So it was more of a road of discovery for you. Totally. And then, you know, talking to these people, they're hilarious and they're, they went through hard times and they were tough. A lot of the women just had to leave their kids with whoever they could. A lot of them were single. A lot of them were not well-educated. Most came from, you know, abuse and poverty and it was their way out. It was their way to see something of the world. It was their way to feel like a star that maybe they weren't trained to act or sing or come to Hollywood, but they could be a star in this world. Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of like that alternate, that alternative history to Hollywood. Yeah. And they took pride. I mean, they handmade, a lot of them handmade their gowns. They worked on their acts and the music and, um, and the thing I really liked about it that I discovered is you were kind of your own little, not only were you the star of your act, you were the producer and the director of it. You went into the theater, especially as the star, and you said, this is my music and this is what I'm doing. It's not like you were fit in. Now, if you were like a, a smaller act 
course, they would work with it. But it was you making your act and what you wanted to do and what you wanted to wear and what music you were going to dance to. Interesting. Yeah. I think it's one of my favorite things. I rewatched it this morning before work. And it's the same as last I had seen it. Just how much joy you let shine through which I love mm-hmm. because you're not, it's not, there's nothing shy about it. Like you're not shy about the realities they went through. You're not shy about the hard stuff they talk about either. But the thing that, you know, I think a lot of people, like you said, didn't know about um, is these people, these women actually getting to tell their stories that include the joy and that include the pride and include the excitement of like yeah. you said, you know, controlling so much of what was going on in these shows. And, you know, having these uh, comedians work with them to bring all these things to life. And it's just, you know, it's just a very, it was a very refreshing way to start a day. Just yeah. you know, hearing so many people share just this joy and pride about something they worked, you know, they worked insanely hard on so long ago. That and no for years, I mean, some of the yeah. women back then you could, you, you know, they were stripping to 50s, 60s, you know, I mean, you know, Tempest Storm was still on the stage at 80 something. Yeah. You know, it was it could be a long career. Mm-hmm. Or it could be like some they've just, you know, I need some money, I'm gonna do it for this week. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. we could keep talking about that one all night. Will was texting me about one this morning that he really lit him up last night. Do you wanna get into that, Will? I loved it too. I had seen it, but Will had never seen it. So this is I think I just, I mean, it led me down the path. Um, again, we started about at the top, the things you're fascinated by. Mm-hmm. As in Burley Q, you, of course, mention what would become the subject of Bound by Flesh. Mm-hmm. And so you go into that, and I loved that one. And I'd seen that one, but the one that me I wanted seen was Mabel. And I would... She's something... Oh, my God. <laughs> well, that was another thing. I mean, you know, each thing led to something. So, like you said, Burleque, I found the the um, Hilton sisters, the Siamese twins. And that story just fascinated me. It was like I just wanted to know more. And then when I found out we had I had the same birthday as them, I'm like, oh. OK, I'm making <laughs> this film. And, then, and, be- <laughs> and because they were they went through, you know, being displayed in a bar to vaudeville to the sideshow and circus. I discovered Mabel um, in this circus world. And to me, when I first um, discovered Mabel, I thought, what does it take to get into a cage with a bunch of tigers? I thought it was going to be all about courage because I could never imagine ever me doing that, which <laughs> I still can and I wouldn't. And I found out it was all about love, mm-hmm. which people don't understand. I um, invited somebody to one of the screenings, uh, you know, and it t- won a ton of awards also. And she was like, no, I'm an animal advocate. I can't go see that. And I'm like, this is history. <laughs> um, maybe you'll learn something. It's not, you know, today. Okay. Um, you know, Mabel was in 1911, I think, something like that. I get all these dates mixed up with her and the twins and everything till she was 1969. And it was again a woman who had no choice, ends up um on a, a circus and 
sees these tigers and just falls in love. And like, that's what I want to work with. And being, this is the other thing I like about um, historical pieces and pop culture and different times that we can't imagine her, um, the, the man who was mentoring her that she married for a little while said, okay, well, we'll put you in a cage with a lion. And if you do good, then we'll like work you up to the tigers. I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> Like, okay, the the lion, the lion doesn't get (laughs) you. And she just absolutely, absolutely fell in love with these tigers who, so when I filmed it, I put GoPros on um, trainers, uh, tiger trainers, and they let me follow them around. They were great because I wanted the audience to feel like they were in the cage with the tiger. Like, what is that? And those animals are so beautiful. I mean, I was in a cage with just one who was eight weeks old and its teeth were so sharp on my legs. It was like, ah, I can't imagine, you know, and Mabel was literally a scar head to toe. She had been just ravaged by these cats, you know, but she knew that that was kind of their job, you know, they're wild animals. And she wanted to get into the mindset and what can they do? What, you know, can this one do this? Can this one do that? But she loved those things. Yeah. It's interesting that you say it is about love. Cause it does like, what strikes me about it is, is that it, it really is because it it's, it's an absence of fear that this person needs to go in there, which. Well, I think, I think they had a healthy response respect for the animal and I, but they didn't have fear like we would you know but they knew right. they weren't delusional about oh you know we're gonna play little cats you know you had yeah. to pay to pay attention you had to know what was going on but every trainer that i talked to current day um it was the same thing they loved what they did and it's a 24 7 job one guy I talked to who i got the best footage on because he, he was in there forever with the gopro on um you know he said look i told my girlfriend they have to come first we pull into town i got to go to the local vons and get you know a million chickens i have to watch them i have to make sure they're okay i have to like you know i mean it's and you can only they're not making big money so they're obviously doing it out of love for those animals Hmm. i wonder why this person didn't want to watch it because they were an animal advocate (laughs) Idiot. Hey, yes. <laughs> you know, it's just our biases about going, oh, circus. Oh, my God. Circus is horrible. Yeah. But it's like, wait a minute. Just breathe. We're talking about somebody's life, you know, a you know, hundred years ago. Just relax and let's see what this history was. And let's realize, you know, it was the form of entertainment. And it's funny. When I, I filmed this one guy, we went to a little town in Texas and there wasn't a movie theater. There was nothing in this little town and they all came out for the show. And you can see the kid's eyes. It's like, Whoa. I mean, they're probably, you know, when the circus was big, there, there weren't libraries, there weren't zoos to see these exotic animals and there would be recreations of historical acts. I mean, it was a gigantic show and thrilling everything, you know, from burlesque and the uh, little back tents to all kinds of drama. I mean, it's interesting that like someone could have that approach to that, whereas it's not hard to like click around on social media now. And when it comes to burlesque, (laughs) see stuff like, I don't know, some idiot fucking, you know, Republican senators being like, well, now you're just grooming children. 
And I know. It's like, yeah, it's just grooming them because that's what we do. Yep. <laughs> Got to get the adrenochrome somewhere. So, you know, know. It, yeah, it, it's very funny how that I just saw one today of uh, something about, you know, ban your kids from going to pride because you might see someone in a, in a dog gimp suit. <laughs> like, well, I don't know anymore. <laughs> like who cares i don't know i don't care what other people do truly, truly. <laughs> i mean it's like you know some people have nothing better to do i have films to make i have research to do exactly <laughs> you have podcasting to do over exactly here. you know what mm-hmm. well speaking of, well if you're off jumping off that is there anything uh you're working on documentary wise right now that you're researching um i'm about to have one come out that just did the festivals all last year, won a lot. And it's about courtesans in France. Yeah. And I pushed the um, envelope a little bit on the nudity because look what I'm talking about. It's really beautifully shot. I'm really super happy with it. Um, so that will be streaming soon. We're just getting through all the paperwork and all that junk now. Oh, great. Yeah. And then I am working on a book about the Montecito debris flow of 2018. Oh. That killed 23 people that people don't know about. <laughs> they forget. Yeah. Well, we just forget these days, you know. I know. So there's too much going on. There really is. Uh, yeah. It's just everything gets in the memory hole. I know. <laughs> I, know. I, love, I just, I got to say, I just love how much. Um, you seem to just follow your heart and train of thought with all of this. Like it's, there are not not many, that's one of the things that like, as we started to talk about this and, you know, the possibility of if you want to come on and all these things, like the more I started to think about it and look at the things you'd made, I was like, there are not many filmmakers or really artists, like where you can clearly just be like, wow, they're just like fucking going and following this train and like not stopping. And it's amazing. And you know, it's, I think it's very inspiring because I think a lot of filmmakers, um, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'll be good and not talk shit or anything, but I think a lot of filmmakers get too caught up in deciding what they need to make next, um, you know, mm. to a certain box or whatever. So, so I don't know. It's just very refreshing to see that clearly you're just whatever's lighting you up. <laughs> you yeah, know? because I mean, it's hours that you spend on doing it. You know, it, it's time away from my family. You know, I, I was, you know, very pregnant when I did behind the burly cube for some of it, we filmed for probably two years. And so if I'm going to invest myself and take myself away from my family and whatever, I just want to be just so excited about it that I can't sleep, that I want to do research, that I want to talk to people that then I want to go promote it and sell it and go to festivals and, you know, Otherwise, what's the point? I don't want to just try and do something that like, oh, what's the next trend? I'll do something about, I don't even know what. Mm-hmm. And I really like discovering things that um, were like somebody that was so huge that everybody in the, in at least America knew who they were. And then now we don't at all. I mean, that's interesting to me. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. We seem to become pretty selective and like, what we choose to remember i feel like especially in this country and and women too especially well yeah yeah you know i mean thankfully you know documentaries like yours that are 
at least being put out into the ether for people to see and change some minds. I mean, it's what else can you do at this point? Yeah. And, you know, it's all about entertainment. I try and make them as entertaining as possible. Truthful. Yeah. Yeah, Two focused people in that household over there carrying through their themes, their ideas. (laughs) Very cool. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the other thing of your on I have on your resume here. At, let's see, actress. Let's go into acting. I just want to say, when I was uh, younger, and I was in fifth, uh, sixth, maybe middle school, somewhere in that, my friend's mom, for whatever reason, bought him the VHS of the movie Spiders. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> uh, so I remember watching Spiders. You like the horror films. Uh, you know they're fine I, whatever it is yeah yeah I, I i like them but as a kid you know you're you're watching any any horror movie that's r-rated that someone will put in front of you so um that was my first exposure to your acting that's so funny uh, yeah yeah i'm good at screaming yeah do you have any fond memories of the set of spiders <laughs> I remember we shot it in what was uh, a former, what I guess, well, the incorrect word to say is the an insane asylum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could feel it. And it's funny, I shot, we shot Marwin, part of that in Canada, in another an insane asylum. I don't even remember what the correct word you're supposed to say about him is, but I like that word. I don't care. Yeah. Um and you can feel the energy of these places. They're creepy. Yeah. They're really creepy. And you see these little rooms where they're, obviously, that's just where they put somebody. Mm. You know, no window and and all that stuff. Mm, wow. So I would like to do something about those, but I don't know. Oh. I would have to find the right subject. Ooh. Oh, we, got an ex- we got an exclusive here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah in 20 years i'll figure out what to do but, you know there's just things that like go in the back of your head you're like oh you know. yeah I can't, that would be such an endless project i imagine oh, God. I can't, holy cow yeah <laughs> does this do you keep like a notebook do you have like do you just like ideas come for documentaries like constantly i do but they have to really stick with me to um do them And I also have to now, like, I wasn't going to do Mabel unless I could find a lot of footage on her. And I found a lot of footage, luckily. I mean, it's just too hard. I don't want to do, you know, one picture of George Washington. It's just, I I, I need footage, you know. Which is greatly appreciated. I've seen a lot of those documentaries where people find one picture. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, my, my latest, because... Obviously, it was 1850, uh, my grand uh, horizontals, which should be coming out. There's at least a ton of pictures on them. And then what I did, I found these girls in burlesque who are great, and they looked like these girls. So then I did little recreations of them, sort of, um, which that was the only way to do that era, obviously. Um, But I try and do, I don't know, it's all different. We'll see. I don't know what's going to be next. Although I do have an idea, but there's tons of footage on it. I've just been, my agent's been pitching it. So we'll see. (laughs) Yeah. We saw in the trades that uh, you've, you've signed with a new agency. So there must be something something coming. (laughs) Let's hope there's (laughs) lots of things coming. Yeah. And then I'm doing, I'm doing a film right now um, 
with my husband in London, or I will be, but I can't talk about it because they make you sign a non-disclosure agreement, which I've never signed before. I know. I only signed one and I broke it really quickly and almost got in a lot of trouble. (laughs) I know. I'm like, can I even say I'm, you know, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we won't try to make you uh, get in legal (laughs) as much as we'd love to. Not the hot water just to get the news, but we'll, you know. We'll pull our jets today, but you we're shooting a new movie uh, role for his new movie. Yeah. That's very exciting. Yeah. We do called Here. Yep. Yeah. yeah told us that. Can, <laughs> yeah. I'm just yes, here. Tom yeah. Hanks, Robin Wright. It's like amazing cast. What a cool reunion. Yeah. It's also the Forrest Gump screenwriter, right? Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm blanking on his name. It's a lot of the, yeah. It's very cool. We obviously are, you know, don't have all the time in the world, so we're not going to, like, try to, like, CIA-style, like, get information. <laughs> but... I want a cocktail like you're drinking. I see you drinking that. Yeah, and I think <laughs> if I keep drinking this, I might get very bold with my questioning. So. <laughs> well, then it's time for me to leave and go have a cocktail. Yeah, what's, your favorite you. cocktail? what's your favorite cocktail? What's your go-to? Cosmopolitan. Oh, oh, Cosmopolitan, very nice. Probably because it's pink. <laughs> oh, okay. You're you're color based with your cocktails. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Before we before we get to the very last thing, and I promise we'll let you go. I do because I don't think we said directly. Can you say yet where people can watch your new film for those that are listening? Uh, does yeah, it will them. be on. It should be on Amazon and iTunes, I believe. Um, <laughs> hopefully soon. And I'm on all the social media as me. So I'm easy to find and I'm, believe me, I'll be posting about it. I can't wait. <laughs> I love this film. Oh, well, we can't wait to see it. I truly, I'll, I will confess. I, I used to be a film festival rat and work at a lot mm-hmm. of different festivals. And I will confess. I tried to ask a couple friends still in that world. If anyone could let me see it, everyone said no. <laughs> so you're well protected. <laughs> yeah. You got shooters out there. They won't let us get anywhere near it. Good. Excellent. Yep. It'll be worth the wait. It's really loaded with history, but sexy. I'm in. Yeah. That's kind of all I (laughs) need. That's what I said. What I need to watch a movie. Exactly. I'm good with that. Yeah, yeah. Sexy is good. And and love learning, too. So, Mm -hmm. Um, okay. Well, let's uh, real quickly then, let's try to go through a couple things. We talked about spiders. Um, Your collaboration with uh, your husband, Robert Zemeckis, your first collaboration was Polar Express. Yes. You did some mo-capping and were the voice of the mom. Well, it's not the voice. It's you actually, it's your figure walking around there. That's what people get wrong about that. Uh, the mo-cap, you're, what you see is what you are doing. I was also the body they revoiced me of sister sarah so his sister and his mother yeah but you're you're performing it and then you're like kind of painted on overwards right okay so you mocap for both of them but your voice was kept for yes okay that's a mom yes yes yeah yes okay um what was i was crawling around on the ground next to tom with little presents under the christmas tree (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and waking him up in bed santa's, santa's been here or something santa's been here yeah, what a fun day of work yeah i mean what a happy movie it's like such a classic mm-hmm. 
It really is. Uh, we, we're pretty excited for people to see it again now, out of season, because you know it's it's even for for his uh, for his kids' movies. There's that um, there's that trademark kind of melancholy that kind of pervades throughout his work that I find so refreshing because mm-hmm. he's uh, he's not one thing and he never has been. Which let's just get into. Let's talk about Marwin. One of <laughs> one of the most complicated movies I have seen in a long time. It boggles my mind every time I see that movie. Uh, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It feels, it feels like it was a fun movie to make. Like watching. It's really fun. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, running around, shooting guns, and being a doll. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're really, we're like, we're so excited for, since we've announced this, the most like the the response we've consistently got from so many people is like, are you going to tell me I was wrong about Marwin or that I needed to watch Marwin? And we were like, yes, you all of yeah. you missed it. And whether you wa- you think you watched it or you didn't watch it at all, you missed it. <laughs> Just they come. did. I mean, it's it's you know major PTSD and and how he deals with it. Yeah. Oh, we're locking the doors for that theater. They're staying in. <laughs> I mean, the artist is so amazing, the real guy and his pictures. And I am such a Barbie fan because I travel with my Barbie. I see one back there in the, in the background. Oh, yeah. This one was made for me. Her little, I have like millions if I was, her little headpiece is coming off. Somebody made me a little showgirl one. Oh, oh that's amazing. <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm always going to play with dolls. I don't really care. <laughs> so how cool you got the B one? Yeah, yeah, or oh, French one. A French one, yes, yes. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, it sounded fun shooting guns. I mean, so was it like you and Janelle Monet just mo-capped running around, just pretty much. <laughs> That's right. it. We're just okay. mo-capped and running. But you know, it's funny because so I did his first mo-cap, which was. Um, Polar Express and the technology was so it was new. I mean, they had they painted or glued on the dots a billion. And by now you just have a couple markers. I don't even know if there was any on my face. Oh wow. Maybe. I mean, it was just so much so different. Um, but yeah, you've got your suits on. I actually had makeup on because I wanted it. I had lipstick and eyes, I think. Mm-hmm. And I, had, I think I had a little scarf. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, so you get a little bit outside. Can I please have some wardrobe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to you gotta find the character. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I like that with each of the mocap movies, there was like less balls on your face. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, I remember after every take, they'd have to go and they'd have to count, see what's missing and put them back on. But now it's not. <laughs> but the great thing about mocap that people don't don't understand if you haven't done it is it's like doing a play which i love theater you just do you're not doing a million close-up and this then that you're just doing the take you know beginning to end of a scene it's great for an actor i don't know too much about the mocap process but i've heard that at least at one point it was it was hard just because there was so many you know marks that people had to hit um to be able to match (laughs) dots yeah, I don't think so. I mean, and Nat, Nat, you just, you know, they mark you after, he, you know, after the take's all done. And I don't know, it's the technology is like beyond me. But as an actor, it's just 
super freeing. Yeah, I mean, you're, I mean, there's no camera anywhere like barreling down at you that you've got to be aware of. I mean, it's just being recorded all around you. Yeah, that's so fascinating. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Uh, wow, yeah, he's your husband's done some major advancements for that. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't keep you abreast of this around the dinner table. He's not like updating you on. I'm just not a tech person. I'd be like, okay, whatever. <laughs> like, I just want my phone to work. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, you know, I I do the avid. Like, I do the first pass. I edit on all my films. So that is one technological thing. He's like, don't, don't learn it. You'll like, you'll hate yourself. It's too complicated. And I was like, I'm going to learn it. And I did. Yeah. Show him. That's right. <laughs> I don't need to just always have somebody do things. I want to like, I love editing. I could just edit all day long and do nothing else. Best feeling. Right. Oh, it's so great. Well, love editing. Curse, but it's a blessing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Wait, uh, me and my editors have a, where are they? Here's the last of them, like chocolate covered espresso beans. It's like the go-to. It's like, no, you can't leave. Here, have some more. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. The editing crack right there. That's right. Just, just, just keep going. Keep going. Uh Yeah. It's, it's such a, such a rush. Yeah. Um, Well, thank you for joining us um this is honestly you know it's crazy for us of course we're you know we're big fans um and we're just you know what a what an absolute treat we've been you know i was at my dog job all day texting (laughs) just like waiting till we could leave so we could (laughs) get ready for this but start um, your day yep Mm -hmm. you know actually start the day but uh yeah as you said all our listeners look out for the latest um your latest film coming out we are very very excited um yes yeah and as you said so people can find uh when your things are coming out um yeah sure yeah but do you have uh you know any 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 parting thoughts for the listeners (laughs) follow your passion whatever it is yeah that's not bad let me give, I'll give, put you one more question to you. What would you tell someone who is just a little, uh, they're a little gun shy about purchasing a ticket from Welcome to Morrowind? What would you tell them? That you're going to be in for an amazing treat. It's not your normal everyday world. Get out of your world and into this other world. I love, that's, that's better. And I worked I- out really hard for my role oh did you he put you through a rigorous process no i mean i had to exercise because i knew what my outfit would be <laughs> all right so you put the work in well it's <laughs> you're not just mocap in that one we get a brief shot oh yeah it. i know so yeah. Uh, yeah. well then then listeners who were just mm-hmm. gonna get back to the future tickets that's just too boring i mean not the film's boring but to just get that that's stupid yeah. come on right come on. this is a this is a filmography that is just filled with hit after hit a lot of stuff that um you know maybe people just might have missed because it's hard to catch up with things but welcome tomorrow and i know for the two of us is very very high up there i just i think it's a masterful film, so cool um, but well, I'm glad we agree on that. Then that's a great way to 
great way to part. Leslie, this is just yeah. fun. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Stay in touch. Censure to the point of fanaticism, extreme everything. This perverse erotic imagination. That piece of work is a man. A witty man once put it thus. I struggle to understand.